Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. I'm Aaron Flanagan, uh, back for another episode. It's international break in the football world. That means there's no club football, unfortunately, over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, but we're still here. We've still got another podcast, and we've got a big exclusive for you um, on this show. That's because Rio Ferdinand um, will be speaking to the Mirror Football Podcast. Um, I'm not alone on this podcast, but we're not with a face uh, or a voice, I should say, um, that you will have heard before. Um, Joanne Rowney is with us. Joanne, how are you? Hi, Aaron. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fresh from speaking to Rio. Yeah. Uh, so you went out and spoke to Rio for us. How, how did you find him? He's really laid back, actually. Very chill. And he was quite willing to talk about He's a man of many talents and projects, I think, is the right description. Yeah, yeah, so he's very active in the in kind of in the media. Obviously, he's doing loads of punditry. He's now obviously uh, delving into the film world as well, which is predominantly why we, you went there. Um, so, so Joanne, just quickly, so just tell us about this this film, ninety minutes that he's uh, that he's currently been involved with. So it's been a while since he's done a feature film. There was Dead Man Running, which I don't know if you remember, Aaron. Um, uh, not myself. Put you on the spot. It's Daddy <laughs> you Dyer. Caught, you caught me. <laughs> it's a while ago. I think that was about a decade ago. So he's executive. Um, he's exec produces like documentaries. He's got his own company. So he's picked up this um, kind of he in his own words low budget film because I know that comes with a, like a tarred brush, um, which is about basically just a normal day Sunday when people go to a local football pitch and all the kind of stories that play into that. So it's kind of like a nostalgic comedy drama. Yeah, it sounds right. Sounds right on my street, anyway. <laughs> what the the lazy Sunday or the the, the film? <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a bit of both. <laughs> so it's he said himself. It's like it's set in London's Hackney Marshes, so it's a familiar setting for UK bods watching it. But it's it's just been released. It's come out on DVD on the first of April. It takes a look at basically a guy who is kind of estranged from his father and how he doesn't quite understand or get, he's not really drawn to the game the same way the others are. But you kind of see how they all interact with it. There's a, you know, a few famous faces. Bradley John from um, The Hitman's Bodyguard. He was in Lucky Man. Um, Waleed Akhtar, who's Miss You Already. Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, if um, people know those. So it's it was quite an observational take on it. So if you, you've seen anyone shouting at their kid from the sidelines... It's it's kind of um, a, a bit familiar for you. I, I remembered my dad shouting at my brother and my cousin, so I told him uh, it's quite a familiar take for me. No, that's good. I say my own personal background has kind of been in football referee and a lot of youth football and Sunday league football. So I imagine there'll be a lot of scenes with you know, which which I'll be very familiar with as well. Obviously, the, like you say, the the kind of the, the Sunday league sort of aspects of it. Um, what, what was he like talking about football as well? Because I know, I know you also talked to him about, about football. He's obviously got a few passionate views about Manchester United. I mean, was he, uh, is he on top form? Yeah, so there was a touchy subject, which we got straight to, which you'll hear in a minute, which is about uh, the position we find ourselves in with Man United and uh, the title kind of clash between Liverpool and Man City. So you'll find out how he felt about that as someone that's uh, obviously entrenched in history with Man U. So I, I don't know what was more sensitive, that or um, questions that followed when we talked about more serious subjects like racism in football. And he had some great thoughts on that, actually. Yeah, good. So it should be really interesting. So uh, I, I think we should get straight into it. Uh, Joanne, thank you, first of all, for going out and interviewing uh, Rio for us and taking the time there. But um, thank you for joining us as well. But, so yeah, here is uh, Joanne's interview with Rio Ferdinand. So I wanted to start actually talking about your film, 90 Minutes, your executive producer of it. Mm. Um, I've watched it and I actually quite liked it. It's, obs- it's not what I expected, though. And I wondered how you'd sell it in three words. 
Or three words? Yeah, just three. I'm being wow. stringent. Um, funny, real, authentic. I'd say that's quite accurate, actually. Was it? Well done. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I found it quite interesting because while you're set on the, is it set on like an average Sunday morning pitch? Yeah. What was it that drew you to it or made you think, actually, this is a film that needs to be made? Because I think it just takes everybody back to the core, the root of what football is when you grow up as a young kid. It's, it is raw. It's a Sunday league pitch. Whether you've made it to the top as an elite sportsman, elite footballer, gone to World Cups, played Premier League or, or professional football or not, you've played Sunday football at some point. So it's relative to anyone who loves football. They've been a part of that. So they understand and they'll find things that they go, oh, I've been, I, I, that happened when I was a kid or when I'm playing the other day, that's what happened to us. So there's so much things that they can relate to when you see the film. That's what drew me into it initially. You cameo in it. Yeah. Is that something, is acting ever something you've gone, hmm, or just cameos? No, I mean, an Oscar would be waiting if I'd been into acting. It's a fact. You don't want to challenge, um, no, challenge Brad Pitt. No, just no. leave it open. But um, no, it's not, um, I like the idea of being on the other side and, and producing and shooting and whatnot of, of documentaries and, and films. And this is a, this is a low budget film. Um, low expense, but I thought the storyline was, in terms of what it was about for me, was very real, and I, I, I enjoyed it. That's great. I actually, as a personal note, recognised a few of the figures from my own experience of watching my cousin play. He oh, yeah. used to go on Sunday, and I recognised a lot of people shouting at the kids, which was just my life, where I'd be like, why are they all shouting at Yeah, me? yeah. Um, to go to more recent times, we're mm. currently, well, we were talking about it in the office and saying it's like, Possibly the worst title race for a Man United fan, yeah, which is one of my is. friends in the office. We were saying for, your, for yourself and your background then, Liverpool, Man City, would you agree with that or where do you see this going? Yeah, this United? is the worst possible case scenario um, for someone who likes Manchester United or sports Man United or played for Man United. So, and I'm a pundit and has got to speak about it publicly and squirm and whatnot. So the, the, the better of the two evils is Manchester City winning the league because I've seen it and I've been a part of it. I've seen it as a player, as a, as a football fan. So I've been able to deal with it emotionally. How did you deal with it last time? Um, you just turn everything off. <laughs> <laughs> but there ain't that many Man City fans to have a go at me anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but with Liverpool, it's a different story. There's fans who I didn't even know supported Liverpool have come back out of the woodworks after 20 years of being silent. who we were starting to speak before they won anything. So it would, it would be a lot more painful seeing Liverpool in the league. But listen, the best team will win it and... Whoever that is, well done. But one option, you'll be switching everything off. Yeah, that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> Talking I'm about Man line. <laughs> No tweeting. Um, talk about Man United, there's been one of the, what I think is like a, quite a big turnaround and quickly in terms of the way the lay of the land, the team, the way things are going with the manager. What, in your opinion, is like, what, what was the key to that success in having such a quick switch? With Oli? Mm. Um, I thought because he, he knows the place. Um, and he went back to what made Man United great before, which was um, quick, um, attacking, and fairly direct at times football. Um, you look at Van Gaal and Mourinho, a lot of it was possession-based and keeping the ball but a lot of it was going sideways, whereas now when they win the ball, they look to hurt you straight away. And that was a big part of Manchester United's identity years going on when Oli played, especially as soon as the team won the ball, Oli would move because he knew it was coming quickly. 
and they've gone back to that and they've, they've shocked a few teams and surprised a few teams, I think early on especially. And um, that's why they got to a position where they were beating teams and they were, their best performances away from home, where they saw little amounts of the ball, but the turnover and the transition was quick and they were hurting teams. So that's been a good element to it. And I think Oli, um, his approach just lifted the place. I think it'd been a, the place had been in a bit of a state of depression in terms of the players and the mood in the camp around a training ground wasn't great. Um, and he's just given it a, new, a new lease of life and sometimes you need that. So better things to come then? Hope so. Mm. With um, the other, well, positive things for Man United, but in general in football at the moment, uh, one of the things I want to ask you about is we've we've done quite a bit on terms of racism in football and Raheem Sterling and some of the cases and obviously it's something you've spoken about quite, mm. quite a lot and frequently and quite recently. There's a couple of things. One, do you see a similarity in terms of... Um, what has happened before? Do you think it's changed? And also, you talked about how it's covered, obviously, our readers and ourselves. Like, how do you think we should do it better? What do you think should be done about it? Do you think there can be change? Um, it's a delicate issue, isn't it? Because um, some people find it hard to talk about it. Some people don't want to address it. Um, but, yeah, I just think that the the... When a case does come up, I think people need to shout about it more and speak up and and treat it with the severity it deserves to be treated with. And I think that's been the problem in the past. The fines, the punishments have never really fitted the crime. And so I just believe that if, if the powers that be would treat it with that severity, then you'd see a, a better effect on people. But I've, I always say this, is that football isn't going to change the landscape of racism. It's a great tool to use to try or to bring awareness to the situations and to try and help the situations. But the source of the racism is ignorance and lack of education starting at home. So if the, the parents can be influenced in the right way and then the children are influenced in the right way, then it's a good start. So, in terms of... Do- <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad play, man. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> As, um, in terms of actual players, then, and what um, could be done in terms of management, and you were saying, like, the powers that be, like, um, FIFA, um, Gary Neville a while ago talked about Raheem Sterling coming to him and saying, like, you know, he's voicing his concern, and he was like, sometimes you just don't realise that someone's voicing that kind of grievance to you. Um do you think it's less that and more to do with the punishment then? Because you mentioned punishment. Is it, or is it that we just need to be open to addressing it, not treating it like an elephant? In no, well, play, players need to be given the confidence that they're going to be backed and they, so they can feel comfortable to come out and speak about these issues. Um, I know players that, that haven't come forward before and don't come forward because they're in fear of repercussions from outside places or people or from within football clubs. So they're, they're, they're sitting there thinking, is it, is it worth that for me to come out and speak? And if, if people are made to feel comfortable in talking about it and that there's going to be something positive done against that particular incident, then people will come out. And I think it's a balance of getting both. You need to, it, to be punished properly and people given the confidence to speak. And then the education, like you said. Yeah. I think it's great that um, you've spoken about it because you said, said like I'm actually mixed race so it's mm. something I've seen in sport yeah. generally so I think it's like you said it's not the solution but it is a good way to it mm. um 
In, term, uh, in terms of other changes in football, is there any football rule changes that you would particularly like to see? Um, I'd like a rule that says don't change anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's fair as well. Yeah, because I think we're trying, just like, it's been a game that's been great for 100, uh, over 100 years and why change it? If it's been that good and everyone loves it and it's such a great thing and it's the best thing in the world, why are we changing it? Like, don't change perfection, yeah, as my mum would like, say. There's no need, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Leave us is. Um, and on a lighter note, um, out of all the players, especially now as a pundit that you get to see play, is anyone that plays now that you never got a chance to play with that you would have liked to play alongside or you could have seen like an opportunity that you like, actually I would have been great with that person alongside me? No, I've played with Ronaldo. I haven't played with Messi. I'd love to have played with him as well. Been able to play with two of the best players ever would have been a great thing to have been able to say I've done. Um, PK's done that. He's a lucky man. So, yeah, I would like to have been able to say I've played with both. And in terms of the future then, obviously, because we started with 90 minutes, I'll end with that. Um, is there any um, other work and documentaries on the cards for you? Have you got anything coming up that we could tease? Yeah, I can't tease oh, it no, yet. You see, yeah, <laughs> I can't like, tease it yet, The tease though. is the tease. Yeah, so, but there is stuff coming in the pipeline and stuff that we're talking and negotiating with particular people about. So, um, watch your space. Okay, that's a great note. Thank you. All right, thank you. Rio Ferdinand there talking to the Mirror Football podcaster. Joanna, a great interview. Really, thank you for uh, going out and doing that. Uh, as a Manchester City fan, I would also say it is excellent hearing a Manchester United player say that he wants Manchester City to win the league. I think that's uh, that's great. I'm sure he'd take heart in that when he switched everything off and doesn't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a funny situation for someone involved in United to be in, in the fact that no matter who wins the league, it's going to be awful. But as he says, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer kind of involved in Manchester United, so uh, uh, a, a, li- a little bit more positive, uh, a little bit more positivity there, shall we say, uh, for Manchester United. I thought it was interesting actually when he was talking about the change a manager can bring and inject into a team as basically unrecognisable to a team not that long ago. Um, it was just interesting coming from a point of view of someone that's lived through a very different era. Yeah, obviously, and as you say, change of manager, he won't have played through many changes of manager because he was at Manchester United for so many years and just under under one manager. Um, yeah, so that this I think this is why I was interested to hear his thoughts on it because having such a long legacy and then seeing changes from the other side of it, actually part of the reason why I was asking what players um, he would have kind of liked to play with because, you know, all these new faces come into the, the fray and when you're still in football in terms of, you know, being a side of a mic... And having to watch it, I, I can imagine it being quite galling if you're like, oh, I really would want to play with that person. I have to talk about how great they are. Yeah, that was it. And he did that with, with Lionel Messi at the end, obviously saying that he's jealous of Gerard Piquet there, obviously um, getting to play with both Ronaldo and, and, and Messi. Um, uh, what, what about you, yourself, John? Are you, are you team Ronaldo or team Messi? Oof, that's harsh. I feel like either answer I give, I'm going to annoy one of my brothers or my dad. They're both they're Chelsea supporters as well, so I think I'm going to be on the bad side of them no matter what I say. Can I can I yeah. plead the fifth on that? I'll, I'll I'll let you off, but I mean, if you had said Ronaldo, I would have said it was the wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very much I'm very much team Messi, especially after his hat trick uh, last weekend. Okay, fair. I'll back out of that so, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, it's a big debate, and I tell you, and if uh, you know. Anybody in the Mirror Football office, you'll know that we are all very, very split on on it as well. But just as everybody is around the world, um, can become a, a hot topic as ever. Um, but Joanne, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for going interviewing uh, Rio. It's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. 
No worries. Thank you, Aaron. And thanks to Rio. It was a great, great interview. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you don't subscribe to the Mirror Football Podcast, you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Spotify, you can get us on Acast. Uh, you can get us basically wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, an, another episode. Uh, hopefully get some great new tales in there and maybe some of the regular panel, the likes of Matt Lawless, could be back on the panel. But uh, until next time... 